Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you as always. And if you ain't keep keeping track at home, this is episode 67. I can almost smell 100 from here. Uh, unfortunately, we're moving we're moving to a next set of offensive line numbers once we get out of the 60s to the 70s. Uh, then some wide receivers and tight ends in the 80s. Defensive line in the 90s, and then we'll hit the triple digits. But uh, in episode 67, I'm going to give a shout-out here to one of my former Wesleyan University teammates, uh, Justin Cabral, lives up there in Massachusetts. Great guy, absolutely fun guy to be around and, and have a conversation with and play with as a teammate. So, Cabral, this one's for you, brother. Episode 67, uh, I've got we've got an action-packed show for you uh, in an action-packed studio today. By, first, I've got my co-host with me, Jolan Bioqua. Jolan, sup, dude? 60s is rough. For picking a player, 60s is super rough. Well, the 60s were good for music, right? Is that, that That's mean, what I'm told? And, like, Afros? Or where yeah, Afros more like 70s and 80s? Music and drugs. That's all the 60s. There you go. For, so, there you go. I mean, hey, it was their thing. Their niche. <laughs> so, we roll with it. I'm going to go with Stan Bach here. Uh, 12th pick, round one in 1980 for the New Orleans Saints. 223 career starts. My man, Stan Bach. And we got a guest with us. Stan Bach. It sounds like you're... you're it's like Stan Musial... And like Lou Brock, like added together, and you get Stan. That would be Stan Brock. Yeah. Uh, but here you got Stan Bach. Bach is like a is like a musician or something. Uh, but Jolan, you mentioned it. We got a guest in the studio, a good friend of ours, played alongside of us. I believe he was a freshman when we were a senior in high school. And uh, Jolan, he's an even better friend of mine because he donned my uniform number after I left. Uh, the good old fifty six. Ryan Presto with us. Ryan, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. I'm happy to join you guys. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Listen, this is what we do. This is we're here to talk sports and, you know, have a little bit more fun than everybody else kind of gets to have on a, on a day-in, day-out basis. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about with the NFL. So, Jolan, what do you got? I'm undefeated in the league that me and Ryan are in, Ryan Presta are in yes. together. Yes. Just going to throw that and out we there. We are going to have to yeah. specify that for this podcast, right? Like which Ryan yeah, you are speaking Ryan to. Yeah, Ryan squared, talk Schaefer, it's all. <laughs> too many Ryans. I know too many Ryans. That's Ryan cubed there, sir. Oh, to the third. I see. Right, you. right, right. Big if it's the guy. three of us, yeah, Huge you're in trouble. Guy. But we can start it off. We can start it off with last week. Uh, week three, obviously, in the NFL. It's, it was a bad week for me, betting-wise, sports-wise. Like, all the favorites I wanted to win, didn't win. I did win in fantasy in both leagues, but that's besides <laughs> the point. We'll start last Thursday. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. Some say tides have turned. Cleveland, 29-17. They take the victory. Ryan, we'll start with you. What are some key factors here? Do you think the winning formula with Nick Chubb, and Jacoby Brissett right now doing his thing, Amari Cooper obviously exploding. Do you think this is enough to carry them into playoff potential by the time Deshaun Watson gets back? Yeah, I mean, first of all, by the way, guys, if you don't see Joe on with his left arm, you know just how much he lost in betting this weekend. Uh, considering his two locks for the week, the Chiefs and the Raiders lost. We'll get to that a little bit later. But, Joe, um, this Browns team is, is always going to, in my opinion, play a lot of close games just from the style that they play, right? They, they rely on their defense, and they run the football. They've got the two-headed monster, Nick Chubb, who's my, one of my fantasy running backs, and then Kareem Hunt, who I hope never gets a touchdown ever again. Uh, they, it, that two-headed monster back there is a lot for teams to handle. I'm not a big fan of Amari Cooper, never have been. I thought he's pretty soft in Dallas, uh, but obviously he's kind of found this niche role in a market that's there's not a lot of pressure. Uh, there's a lot of pressure when you're on America's team. There's not a lot of pressure when you're playing for Cleveland. And, I mean, who's your biggest fan? Brownie the Elf? Like, that's – I mean, that's your biggest fan. So, 
I like where Amari Cooper's kind of fitting in, and Jacoby Brissett just has to play good enough football to not ruin the game, right? He doesn't have to play winning football and make plays to win. He just can't ruin it. Uh, and I think they've got a chance to be, you know, maybe 500 by the time Deshaun Watson gets back. If that's good enough, I don't know. Because we know the AFC much more stacked than the NFC. They'd be in a good spot if they were in the NFC. Uh, but in terms of Cleveland, I, I mean, I kind of I kind of like it. If they can play the game they played against the Steelers, Joan, it's a winning formula. Flip side of the coin, Pittsburgh loses one to the Browns. They're now 1-2, and two, I believe, on the season, barring a miracle win against Cincinnati. Presta, do you think Pittsburgh needs to kind of throw in the towel, bench Mr. Trubisky, bring in Kenny Pickett, kind of blow it up, if you will, this early in the season? Or what do you think? They still have some hope. Well, I actually think the Steelers uh, need to line their defense, which they have been doing for years now. They have a very good defense. Uh, the loss of T.J. Watt hurts, but they still have you know Cam Hayward and Mika Fitzpatrick. They have they have guys on that defense. However, throwing in Kenny Pickett right now, I would say no. I would say give Trubisky just a little bit, maybe more time. He's proven more than Kenny Pickett. Obviously, Kenny Pickett's a rookie; hasn't played much yet. Small hands. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> Uh, but Mitch Trubisky, you could say what you want about him. He was on some good Bears teams that made the playoffs. So I would just give Trubisky maybe one to two more games to prove what he can do. Other than that, then I throw Pickett in. But I would not quit. Yeah, I think, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously, shout out New Jersey, St. Peter's Prep, uh, went on to play at Alabama for Nick Saban and now is uh, stud, stud safety. Listen, they don't get much better, and I know, Joe, I'm, I'm just foreshadowing here. They've got a pretty good matchup this week when they when they welcome the Jets to town. All right, so uh, there is a chance we know, and we know the thing we know is is that Kenny Pickett will play this year, right? Like we know this. He's a first round draft pick. He's gonna play. The last two that haven't played are Trey Lance, who's still a question mark, and Patrick Mahomes, who you know it maybe may have the best skill set we've seen ever. Maybe I I don't know, but. I, I would not count on Kenny Pickett sitting out the entire year, uh, but I agree with Preston. It may just not be the right time. Uh, you're only three games into the season. Kind of see what you can get. And T.J. Watt's out. You know, I mean, that's that's a big loss. I mean, the guy's the defensive player of the year, and he's in the running just about every year. Something, there's some there's some kind of different genes in that family. I don't, I don't know what exactly what it is. There's different genes in that family. They're just so good. They're bathing ice. Hit sledgehammers when working out. I mean, I guess so, man. And they're out in Wisconsin, right? They're working out in the farms and the fields, like I, I guess. It's insane, regardless. We move forward though to the Sunday lineup. Uh, New Orleans Saints um, took on the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. They lost fourteen to twenty-two. Goose, we'll start with you. Is this Panthers team believable? Uh, not particularly, because again, we know at some point Christian McCaffrey is going to get hurt. But I tell you, and I, we talked about this last week when we were talking about them against the Giants. I like this defense. There's not a lot of names you're going to know on their side of the ball and on their defensive side of the ball, but there's a lot of guys you should. Like, there's a lot of guys. A lot of top 15 picks in that lineup. Right, top 15 picks and a lot of talent, I think, just up and down uh, from all three levels, from the D-line to the backers to the secondary. Horn, tons of guys. They're they're fantastic, and I I really do like that defense, Jovan. Again, I doubt Matt Rule makes it through the whole year, but that defense is something they should rely on. And then whatever they can get out of Christian McCaffrey, you know, and I hate saying it. Like, I hate the fact that we have to walk in every year going, uh, which which, uh, which game or which week is Christian McCaffrey going to get hurt? It's a wor- it's one of the worst things in sports, uh, but it's it's unfortunately just been something we've seen every year. So I think they're limited. 
severely limited because of that. But I think their defense is going to be something that's fun to watch all year. It was second overall last year, and they were bad. I mean, their defense is fun to watch, and it's the reason to watch. Flip side of that, the Saints, only 14 points this game. Jameis Winston, obviously, four broken backbones. And Alvin Kamara, I think on 22 touches, only had 60-something yards. Is this team a little bit washed? Is Alvin Kamara the same guy he was? Do you have faith in this Saints team to continue forward with this season? Well, I don't think I have much faith in the Saints if Winston's the quarterback because he just turns the ball over way too much. But I still like Kamara. I don't think he's washed up yet or anything. And they do have some good players. I know they added uh, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, during the offseason. That was a big ad. Jarvis Landry, I think, was an underrated ad. I think people overlook him because he's getting closer up in age. But... um. Chris Olave, monster Chris man. Olave, yeah, definitely. And then uh, Michael Thomas is back. So the offense has talent. I think they're a, a talented team, just like the Panthers are. I just don't think they're quite putting it together like they should be. I mean, and you lose your all-pro, all-league de- decade, if you will, Sean Payton, head coach. You lose him, yep. things go down. You lose your quarterback in Drew Brees. And, uh, it's going to take your, a while. For lose your left right. tackle, yeah, too. Yep. Teron Armstead it, uh, went to Miami. Right. And we know the impact that that's having. And the top three most important spots in this sport are head coach, quarterback, and left tackle. So oh, yeah, baby. We move forward, though, with the Houston Texans taking on Chicago Bears. Not much about this game. Bears win 23-20. But... I'm going to move forward, obviously, because we still got plenty of games to go over. My lock of the week has sunk. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs were upset by the Indianapolis Colts, led by Matt Ryan, who's a dinosaur. They lost 20-17. <laughs> to 17. Lock of the week goes down. Goose, we'll start with you. Takeaways from Indianapolis um, playing Kansas City. Okay, first of all, on the Chicago thing, Joe, we were in the bar on Sunday watching the games over at Thatcher's, and there was one, there was one Bears fan there, and he yes. was the loudest guy in the entire bar. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. The game was a snooze fest, by the way. It was awesome. It was just absolutely fantastic. But let's get to this game. Pounding the table, ordering drinks. Right, right. It's always, I don't know, Joan, it's always these games in the NFL that they just seem like they should be one way, and they're just not. It's like in baseball, every time we think there's going to be a pitcher's duel, like, you know, it's DeGrom and Cole. It's gonna The game's going to end up 11-10. to 10. Like it's just how, kind of weird how sports work out that way. Um, the Chiefs were favored in this game. They should have won this game by big margins. Uh, we saw Biennemi get into it with Mahomes, I thought, which was pretty interesting. Uh, again, in my opinion, I don't buy too much into that. Coaches get into it with players. It's a heated sport. There's a lot of emotion. It happens. Um, and there was some confusion. I was actually watching a breakdown today, Jolan. Beautiful breakdown. I forget by who. It may have been Dan Orlovsky. Uh, but I cannot confirm that, of the poor execution on the last route of the game that was an interception by Indianapolis. The Chiefs were supposed to run a rub route with a slant underneath uh, to get a completion to Juju Smith-Schuster, and that pick was not set. The wide receiver ran a curl route instead of running a pick route, therefore allowing the corner to stay attached. It was a beautiful breakdown. I didn't even pick it up when we were watching it. Uh, it was it was just beautiful to see that all on film and kind of how that unfolded. I can't believe you memorized that. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, you know, I remember stupid things, Jolan. So, um, but uh, no, it, it was. I mean, it's a Kansas City team again that we're we're just looking for what exactly are they going to be? They had a first, they had a great first two weeks. Now we're going to start to see them settle into the season. And again, they got to get guys going. Sky Moore cannot be a liability on return teams. He can't do it. I believe he muffed two punts on Sunday. 
uh, which is a massive problem. Their special teams as a whole was disgusting. That can't happen. That's not an Andy Reid coached type team, and I don't expect it to be for a long run, Jolon, but, I mean, for one week, Matty Ice and the boys uh, came back to win it without Shaquille Leonard, uh, which has got to be a big boost for Indianapolis's confidence. Presta, what do you think about this Kansas City team obviously losing to a porous Colts team right now, but the season's still early. Do they bounce back? Is it still a Super Bowl contender, even without Tyreek Hill? I think it really is still a Super Bowl contender because Andy Reid's a great head coach. And then I still think Patrick Mahomes is the man. I I don't know. You know, him and Josh Allen are, like, my top two quarterbacks, I think, right now. But And then you also have Travis Kelsey there throwing, too. But it, it's a hard loss when you lose a Tyreek Hill because he's a pretty much a generational talent, I would say. I mean, the speed, he's the cheetah. But I would not count the Chiefs out, not even a little bit just yet because Mahomes and Reed, I can't I can't get the, count them out. And, and Mahomes and Allen, the only difference, I give the advantage to Allen because he doesn't put ketchup on his steak. Mahomes <laughs> does, therefore Josh Allen gets the edge up in my in my book. And I think it's kind of my bad, too, putting all this faith in the Chiefs when the Colts have players. You know, J, uh, John Taylor, Matt Ryan can still play football at a high level. And they're at Michael home. Michael Pittman, yeah. You know, things, things happen. You got a lot from Alec Pierce, the rookie. Alec Pierce finally showed up. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I, I took and him if he in does, fantasy. That, the team opens the field. I took him in fantasy for my bench, Joe, on way, and I got laughed at. Who is this A. Pierce guy? Well, I know him from the University of Cincinnati. This guy can do his job. Sure enough, he finally shows up and shows out, and we'll see if he can continue it. I mean, if they can, you know, again, this Colts team has talent. Like they, and they're in a porous division. As much as we're going to talk about the Jaguars in a little bit and how much they have a chance because they play in a bad division, Indianapolis plays in the same division. So. They got a chance here. So, but if you're the Chiefs, here's where the disappointment is, Jolan. The disappointment is we know the division that they play in. We know how tough even the Raiders at 0 3, spoiler alert, they're 0 3. Uh, even as bad as they've been, they always give the Chiefs a game. We know how tough that division is going to be. You need to rack up wins outside of your division because you just don't know how many you're going to be able to snag in the AFC West. We move forward to the game of the week, I think. Uh, the Buffalo Bills were at the Miami Dolphins. Miami topples the big bad Bills, 21-19. to Presta, we'll start with you. What are some takeaways from this game? Do you like Tua? Do you like Tua with Tyreek? Do you like Tua with Jalen Waddell? Do you like the Bills? I mean, the Bills are one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, uh, my Super Bowl favorite is still the Bills, absolutely. I think they just – they did lose Micah Hyde, which was pretty big, one of the better safeties in the league. However – I, I love quarterbacks and I think Josh Allen is just one of the one of the better ones doing it. So I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go away from my Super Bowl prediction with them winning. Uh, to go to Tua though, he's looking a lot better with the, the receivers he has. Waddle he had last year, but then add Tyreek and then Mike Gusecki at tight end. Field starts to open up a yep. little bit. So and he's a he's a more of a tight end that's kinda like a receiver too. So Tua looks good. I don't love him as a quarterback, but I have to give him props there. I know I have some friends that are big Tua fans, and they're kind of telling me, yeah, you were wrong, but it's okay. Maybe it's not so much of an upset. Dolphins are a really good team, but Goose, you had some other comments besides the game, or rather what went on behind the scenes with the game. What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, first of all, i just start with with Tua. We're going to get more to Tua, but first of all, like, there's two great things about the internet, and and they both revolve around their comedy. One is the people that take Tua's clips – and flip it to make it look like he's throwing righty. It's weird, but it's like, you see it, it just looks different. It looks more natural to the eye. 
because uh, we don't see too many lefty quarterbacks in the league. Maybe you know, mostly ever. Mark Burnell is the most famous one. Tim Tebow, last the one I could think of. Yeah, great. Uh, we're not even going to go there. He's still buried in the Mets organization. Uh, and then the second best Twitter account in you know on online is uh, Tuanon, which I would suggest checking out. It's just absolutely satirical and ridiculous. But let's get to Tua, Jolani. He took a nasty hit. Um, it actually wasn't even, and I say nasty hit because he got nasty whiplash. It wasn't even actually a big hit. Uh, he just got pushed back and whipped his head on the turf. Now, he got up, stumbled around, like he just took a 30-rack of Natty Light to the face in about an hour and 25 minutes. You can imagine, then, how that would work. Or put on a pair of drunk goggles and figure out how that would work. That's what he looked like, Jolan. He came back in the second half. The hit happened in the second quarter. I just don't understand how we allow guys to do this, especially knowing that they're going to be more susceptible to injury the second time, right? Like, we, we hear it all the time about sprained ankles. You are more susceptible to another sprained ankle after you injure it the first time. I mean, to, listen, you can call to his injury whatever you want. I've heard it called a back injury. Um, I mean, the dude looked concussed. Like Miami fans are saying he's not hurt. If you're going to tell me he didn't lie to the concussion people, I'm going to tell you you're lying. Because I've been there before. And I've lied to doctors before, too. You know it, man. Like you, you are not walking straight. But regardless, it was a great football game. I will tell you this. Zach Kruk brought this up to us, a good friend of ours. And it's making more sense the more I watch teams go down to Miami. Miami is becoming like Denver. Where when they have a good team, their home field becomes even more of an advantage. In Denver, it's the altitude. In Miami, it's the humidity. It's not even necessarily the heat. Like, the heat, like, guys can deal with the heat. The humidity is what gets you. And you're watching guys cramp. They're some of the best trained athletes in the world. Left, right, like, center, too. Yeah, they're, they're, they're some of the best trained athletes in the world. And you're watching guys just cramp up. I mean, it's good for, like, pickle juice sales and, like... Bananas, like great for their business, but outside of that, it's becoming when they're good, Joel. I'm when they're good, it's becoming a home field advantage, which every team strives to get some kind of a home field advantage, right? Like, you know, the Giants can't use their turf to their advantage somehow. The Seahawks built an entire stadium for noise. The Twelfth like. man, right? Yeah. So we continue forward. Uh, Minnesota Vikings beat the Detroit Lions 28-24, and then we move forward to the Baltimore Ravens taking on the New England Patriots. They won 37-26. Let's stop at this game because there's a lot to unpack. Lamar Jackson's betting on himself. Mac Jones' injury. Presto, we'll start with you. Does this Patriots team have any chance without Mac Jones? Yes, just because of Bill Belichick. I think his resume is just strong enough and great enough where I can look at that and say, okay, they have a chance. But... I think either way, Mac Jones or no Mac Jones, Patriots don't make the playoffs this year. That's I don't know if that's a hot take. I don't think it is. Even with them, they might not. But Yeah, because uh, I just don't like the receiving core that much. But, I mean, it's still Bill Belichick. They still have players on defense. So I'm not going to say they're, they should be freaking out. Now, if you are Bill Belichick, do you give Cam Newton a call? How's your system? Need a quarterback? Absolutely not. I don't think, I don't think Cam Newton is the guy I'd call. <laughs> I, I actually trust maybe Brian Hoyer more. I actually like that. Is better. he their backup? Is Hoy- Hoyer's their backup, right? That, guy, guy. that guy's been in the league since we were all born. Like, I mean, come on now. It started the season with the Browns, I believe, too. 
Yeah, that's the God, he got out of that situation. Bruce, we'll go to you. We'll go to you. It's the year I'm betting yourself, of uh, betting on yourself. Excuse me, Aaron Judge is doing it over on uh, the Bronx, and now Lamar Jackson's doing it over there in Baltimore. Let's talk Jackson. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because that's actually where I was going. Is is if he stays healthy, which is a big if. He is a quarterback playing a, a sport with 100% risk of injury, and he's a running quarterback. Uh, that that obviously does not generally bode well for your injuries, but. If he stays healthy, he is the Aaron Judge of football, right? Like, betting on himself in this manner, and he's going to make a lot of money. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. Like, It might not be in Baltimore. It might not be in, with the Yankees. We'll you know, see. I, I would imagine they franchise tag him. Free agency is a little bit different in football than it is baseball. 100%. Um, but regardless, I mean, Lamar Jackson's just doing himself all these favors, having a great year. He's doing me a lot of favors. He's my fantasy quarterback, 40 pieces the last two weeks. I'll take that and uh, roll that stuff to the bank. So, But Lamar Jackson's been spectacular, and he just seems to be getting better each year. Now, if you're John Harbaugh and you take a step back and look at this Ravens offense, do you have a fear that it's too much Lamar, that the system runs through him and only through him, and if he goes down, this ship sinks? I don't because you've got a guy like J.K. Dobbins just coming back, right? Like his first game, I believe, was uh, this Patriot game, and – I think you're going to see him get more carries, get more comfortable. And I think at a certain point, John Harbaugh wants to pull the reins a little bit. Wants to call more straight power instead of QB power. I think he does want to go with that system uh, just a little bit more than maybe, you know, the the standard of what he's doing right now. Because he knows just as well as we do, it's not sustainable long term. Or at least we, we've never seen it. Like, we've never seen a quarterback take as many hits as Lamar has and play all you know, what was at the time 16 games, let alone 17. So uh, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be tough for Harbaugh to manage, but I think with J.K. Dobbins coming back, it's a huge plus for him and able to pull the reins a little bit from Lamar running the football. We'll continue forward with the Bengals taking on the New York Jets, handling them soundly 27-12 God. over here in East Rutherford. We'll talk about the Jets a little later when we talk about predictions and such. Then we move on to the Las Vegas Raiders losing to the Tennessee Titans, another lock of the week. That's down the hole. Tennessee wins 24-22. And now the game will stop on. The Philadelphia Eagles handle the Washington Commanders soundly 24-8. Jalen Hurts playing with his hair on fire. The Eagles look good, fellas. <laughs> that, Eagles look real good. That they do. Quick note on that Raiders game. This breakdown was by Dan Orlovsky. He did a great job. Uh, it was on NFL Live, I believe it was Tuesday of this week. And he was breaking down how Derek Carr's not throwing to Devontae Adams. And it's not even necessarily like a, hey, I make $30 million, like throw me the ball. It Orlowski broke it down into like the coverage says throw the ball to X. And X just happens to be in the scheme of the play against Tennessee, Devontae Adams. And so it, it's almost like he's intentionally not throwing to him, which is kind of weird. Uh, when you think about their relationship and kind of how this all came together and the fact that he's, you know, when you're throwing him 15 times a game, he's the best receiver in football, um, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So it was really that breakdown I know was by Dan Orlovsky. Uh, it was a great job. And he said, he goes, picture it in X's and O's instead of it's Devontae Adams and Waller over here in Renfro. He said, just X's and O's, you should be throwing to this guy and blue, boom, blind reveal. It's uh, it, it's Devontae Adams. That's the guy that's open and, and given the scheme should be getting the ball. Now, to the Eagles. The Eagles look ridiculous. 
Scary Again, good. I hope I hope it's just because they're playing teams that are just porous. Um, but I I can't I can't really say. Uh, we're gonna have to take a look at their schedule, Joan, at some point, uh, and see who they got coming up. I know they got the Cowboys in like a month, a little under a month. Dak will probably be back for that, so that should be good. Uh, Giants don't really see them till the end of the year, I believe. So and we see them like twice in a four-week period. I believe. Yeah, but again, like Philly, for all the karma that they've had of bad receivers, they seem to be getting all the good karma at once here with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard being able to just catch everything. Like they just seem to be catching everything. And Washington can't catch a break. Carson Wentz continues to stink. Who couldn't see that one coming? And, uh, yeah, I mean, Washington's in a hole. Their owners should sell. Their organization just roll it up and go to the XFL for a little while. Go play Bama once a year. Do something other than what they're doing right now. Uh, But the Eagles look really, really good. Preston, what are your takeaways from this game? Carson Wentz kind of, uh, Eagles kind of, yeah, on the uprise. Yeah, Carson Wentz, he doesn't. He looks like Carson Wentz. It's just been outside of the 2017 Carson Wentz. He's just not been as good. But the Eagles, as much as I hate to say it, being a Giants fan, they're scary. Oh, and yeah. I don't know, I don't know if you can call them the best team in the NFC yet, but I think it's it's getting close. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, is um, one of the front runners for MVP, definitely. Boomer. Uh, and then uh, the, yeah, the addition of AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard, Miles Sanders is, eh, but they don't. He's he's reliable. Yeah, he's I mean, he's, you know. he's reliable. But right now that passing attack is just. And then they got some good guys on defense still. Some like Butcher Cox, Brandon Graham, who are up there in age, but they're still playing and they're playing pretty well. And we've come light years away from believing Nick Sirianni was way in over his head and stuff like that. I mean, he lo- he looked over his head when he first started. That's like fair. he that's... gave off the perception. And Joe, on the worst part is, is if this was like, if this was the Tennessee Titans, I'd be like, Joe, I know what the best part about their team is. Their defensive line's really good, and their offensive line, even more importantly to my soul, is is really good. It hurts that that's the Eagles. Their offensive line is dominant with Jason Kelsey, who is the best center of our generation, right? We no got doubt. We got the back end of Jeff Saturday's career, uh, kind of as we were growing up, and then it's just become Jason Kelsey ever since. Lane Johnson's still on that offensive line. He's really good. Uh, they just continue to hit everywhere. The Giants seem to be the only team in that division they can't hit on an offensive lineman in the first round. It's ridiculous. We'll talk about them. But, uh, yeah, Joanne, it's it's scary. And it starts up front with the Eagles. They dominate both sides of the football up front. you say something? Actually, I was going to say uh, it's about the Giants, but Andrew Thomas is actually looking pretty well. Yes, he has. He's, 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 I'll give him I'll give that. Dave I Gettleman's agree. not off the hook for that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Dave Gettleman has done so many bad, even his good moves. You just can't. It's just. I don't know. I'll Let's keep us rolling before the steam really pops off in this place. I will say, in good graces of Gettleman, I'm happy he's retired. You know, that's all I gotta say about him. There you him. go. You Hopefully, know? he's in like Boca or something like that. We <laughs> move forward to what could be the upset of the week, maybe all season. Jacksonville Jaguars soundly handled the LA Chargers, 38 to 10. There's a lot to take away from this game. Presto, we'll start with you. Is Jacksonville legit one? Is Trevor Lawrence? Can he be the guy too? And what happened to the Chargers three? Uh, Jacksonville, I think, at the beginning of the season, I would have said Colts winning this division, no doubt. Now I've switched my mind. I'm like, Jacksonville, man. Trevor Lawrence, I left him coming out of college. I think he's going to be the answer there. I think he's just too talented not to work. And I know he went to Jacksonville, who is usually a dysfunctional 
poor organization. But I think, just like Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, I think when you have a guy leading the way at quarterback, if they're good enough and they're a good enough leader, they can change the whole entire culture around. And I think that's what he's going to do. Now to the Chargers, I think Justin Herbert um, is a very great quarterback. I think he was probably playing in pain, and it wasn't the same for him. He broke his ribs against the Chiefs just the week before. And I remember watching that. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's still in the game. He's a tough player. But I just think the Chargers have a lot of talent. But if he's not fully healthy, Justin Herbert, then it might be shaky for him. Goose, what do you think about this game, Jacksonville handling the Chargers? Yeah, it still bothers me because Justin Herbert should be a giant. He should have came out his junior year. Should have been a giant, not Daniel Jones. But that's different right. conversation. You're right, he went back to Oregon. That's, You're right. That's Mad Goose. Mad Goose doesn't want to be anywhere near this conversation. Um, he, Joel, he makes some throws hurt. That guys can't make healthy. Back he, foot across field. That was that throw was absurd. Unreal. Absurd. I none of us in this room could do that. I mean, if we could, and, we'd and, have and we're, and we're fully arms. healthy. We're fully healthy with good ribs and everything. And I, I, I he's just unbelievable. That defense isn't healthy. Um, they, they lose uh, Rayshon Slater towards biceps in that game, uh, so he's going to be out the promising young tackle. And, you know, you're still waiting on Keenan Allen to come back, but he's been bouncing in and out of the lineup the last couple of years. You've got, and again, like I said, that defense just isn't up to snub. Now, my cousin down there in Jacksonville, Cameron, I'll give him a shout-out again. He's a he's the only Jaguar fan I know. Uh, so, God Duval. bless his soul. They love that Duval thing down there. <laughs> uh, you hear Duval it when you come off of the plane, man. It's crazy. Uh, but this was a beautiful win, and I'm impressed. Like, I, this team's got a shot to go win this division. That defense is good enough. And Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson seem like a match made in heaven. It seems like they're going to be married for a little while. Um, and I, I just, I really like what they're doing. Christian Kirk has been balling out. James Robinson has come back. And the tandem with James Robinson and Travis Etienne has been, I think, even better than what people thought it was at the beginning of the year. Uh, it's been fun to watch. We move forward with the Los Angeles Rams beating the Arizona Cardinals 20-12. to We'll get back into the Cardinals a bit more when we do the breakdowns. I yep. got some questions about Kyler. Atlanta beats the Seahawks 27-23 in a it was a, a snoozer. Barn burner. Yeah, it was a snoozer. There was there was points, but two of the bottom teams in the NFL. But now cream of the crop, two of the top quarterbacks in our lifetimes, two of the top quarterbacks in NFL history went head to head. Green Bay Packers went on to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 14 to 12. What are your takeaways from this game, guys? Are the guys Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady getting a little bit too old, or what's going on? Well, listen, I mean, it's the battle of one quarterback who does psychedelics and the other that's not talking to his wife. So, uh, you know, one has a clear advantage in this game, yet it was only a two-point game. And even it came down to a Brady mistake uh, because you you cannot take a delay game penalty on a two-point conversion. You can't do it. In PLRYO in the youth league, you can't do it at Pompton Lakes High School. You can't do it at Alabama. You can't do it in the NFL. That can't happen. I don't care that Leonard Fournette was not lined up properly. You, as a quarterback, got to get them ready to go. Other than that, Jolan, I thought it was another game where the Packers started out so strong. It looked like they were going to win this game 35-0. But I think we saw the Tampa defense say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We're still really good at football, still really good at the game of football. We still know how to tackle. We still know how to hit. And they kind of shut them down for a while. Uh, obviously, the rest of the game, I should say, just a great football game. And 
you know, what else can you expect, right? It's awesome. I mean, it's fun even, to watch. Even when it comes to the lack of weapons, you still got guys in the field who could play good football. Oh, yeah. Do Tom Brady think... had you and I out there this week. It was awesome. It I was mean, great. Still, besides <laughs> the point, now that you're the Packers and you beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving forward, do you try to rely a little less on Aaron Rodgers and a little more on your two running backs, 33 and 28, or do you let Rodgers do his thing all year? Well, I love Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Both of them, I think, they're not quite like Chubb and Hunt, the running back duo, but they, I think they're very solid and could be very special. They're close. Yeah. They're super close. But Rodgers is the back-to-back MVP, but he lost to Adams. He has Sammy Watkins out there who's, he's like a week one guy, and then he's just done for the rest of the season, <laughs> it seems. But I would I would re- rely on that running game this season. I would I would say more than Rodgers. Even though Rodgers is one of the best to ever do it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go heavier on the run, and uh, hope that works out for him. Almost makes you face palm yourself now because the Jordan Love pick looks atrocious in hindsight. Oh, it's terrible. You got man. lack of receivers. And the reason those running backs can't be close, Sean, is the problem is is that AJ Dillon is more like Nick Chubb, and Aaron Jones is more like Kareem Hunt, but the two are flipped in terms of who gets the one reps. Uh, we know it's Aaron Jones uh, who's better catching the ball out of backfield. But you're right. How this organization gets away with not getting Rodgers' weapons, right? Like, I get it. Cert- he, he has not been good in the postseason. It was he, evident. He hasn't been good. It was evident his last game they yeah. failed to get him any type of help. Romeo, was it Romeo Dobbs? Romeo Dubes, yeah. Dubes, great guy. I'm sure he's an awesome dude in his community. He's not a number one wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. He's just not. And you go up and down that roster, Jolan, and it's a lot of veteran guys. Sammy Watkins is already on IR. Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, then you go to the younger guys, Christian Watson. Like, it's no one you could really cement yourself Correct, with. correct. Then you find yourself throwing the ball to Aaron Jones out of the backfield, which, I mean, t- tends to work out a good amount. But, I mean, you need, you need I, I hate to say it, a number one wide receiver, maybe that is now in Las Vegas. But go ahead. We move forward to the Sunday night game. Oh, God. It was a bad one, fellas. Only 21 total points scored. The Denver Broncos came out on top 11-10 to 10 against the San Francisco 49ers in what might have been the <laughs> most watched worst game in football history because the numbers were crazy. Jumped up 19 million something, but it was a snooze fest. If you're a Javante Williams owner, you're punching the air. If you're a Melvin Gordon owner, you're on your knees praying to the good gods. There's trouble in paradise. There's no real winners. But let's start with the Broncos, Goose. What's going on here? Oh, God. This is where I, I wish fantasy would let us draft punters, too. Like, I mean, think about it. You would have 35 points by these punters each. Like, it would have been ridiculous. I'm on the get rid of defense train because last week I actually won my defense, but I shouldn't have won. <laughs> Diggs pick sealed it for me by two points. There you go. Oh, God. I exactly. Yeah, no defense is I win that game regardless, but it came down to that. But, uh, again, we're just seeing ineptitude from this Denver offense. Now, Jolan, if you want to look at the bright side and – I generally like to look on the bright side. So does, uh, so do the Killers. You know, they have the song name Mr. Brightside." Um, Christian ju- Rock Band, by the way. Right there, you go. Just thinking about it, it's their their offense has been so putrid, and we're ready to ship Nathaniel Hackett out of Denver International Airport. And they're two and one. They're two and one in a division where the leader is two and one, and the other teams are one and two and zero oh and three. Right, so. They, they right now are weathering the storm, and again, it's super ugly, but they found a way to win the football game. And at the end of the day, Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, they could pay to win football games. And they, they've they've won two of their first three, 
So, you know, there's they got to get better. I agree. There's a lot to improve. But, man, it's it, it, winning's a beautiful thing. Fantasy aside, if you are the Broncos and you have two talented running backs like Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, you're probably going to use them both. Yeah. Just, it's just what it is. Of like course. Fantasy owners don't want to hear it. I don't even want to say it as a Javante Williams owner, but <laughs> just what it comes down to. Flip side, Jimmy Garoppolo looked atrocious. Gave Trey Lance every opportunity in history, basically. It was to make himself look golden by being injured. What do you take away from this? Is Jimmy G going to stick with this team, maybe make a playoff push, or what's going on here? Well, for me, every year it seems like Jimmy Garoppolo, when he, since he's been traded to the 49ers, they've always were in the Super Bowl contending team, playoff contending team. So I think they can do it. Jimmy Garoppolo, it was his first game back. I don't know what... That, what that means in, in regards to if he's going to be playing well or not. But I think he went out there, he stunk it up. Yes, it was just a bad game offensively for both teams. And I th- I still think the Niners are going to be – I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but they can make a, definitely make a push. Um, Three wild card teams, yeah. Yeah, to do so they can definitely make a push. I don't, I don't know, though, with them. Debo's still there, but it just – I think the most unsettling thing for me about this Niners team is they don't look like those past teams that can falter on offense and still play phenomenal on defense and pound the rock and get a 24-20 win and win close games. I don't know. The identity seems off. Obviously, no Elijah Mitchell. But I don't know. Jimmy G coming back kind of brings some bad omens going on. Well, maybe if he doesn't run himself out of the end zone. By the way, did you see when that happened? Orlovsky started trending (laughs) on Twitter because he had finally been redeemed. On the same same day, we had a butt punt in the Miami game that freed Mark Sanchez. We had Mark Sanchez and Dan Orlovsky get freed on the same day. What an awesome day of football. You think they're freed. Now they're just brought in the same subject with other bad Yeah, players. but now there's somebody else. There's somebody else at the party, right? Think about how bad it is to sit at a table just by yourself, how lonely of a feeling it is, and now you've got somebody to talk to. They've got to feel grateful. But again, Joel, this team will go as far as their run game takes them. And with no Elijah Mitchell. It's... With no Elijah Mitchell, it's Jeff Wilson Jr., who had hard. a key fumble uh, in this game. So, I mean, you, you got to figure it out. But Denver's got a really good rush defense. Like, it, it, it's a hard matchup for them. And I'll say the 49ers just lost probably the best left tackle in the league, Trent Williams. Four to six weeks with a high ankle yep. sprain. So that's huge. Kittle's in and out of practice. Yes, so that's th- huge. Yeah. It's early in the season. Let's not overreact. But Kyle, Kyle, I'm ready. I'm ready. If you need a left tackle, I'll give it a go. It's just not a It's not a good loss when you lose that ugly. We move on to the Monday night primetime game. Our team, our boys, the New York Giants, take an L to the Dallas Cowboys, 23-16. to There's a lot to unpack here. We're all Giants fans. Let's do it. Let's start with Cooper Rush, rushing the Giants in New York. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you if so, the two stats that matter are nine point two and five point one. What do those mean? That is how much Tony Pollard rushed for is the nine point one uh, yards per carry, and five point one is how how much Zeke had per rush. If you're not a math full guy, pun intended, that's four something. That's three not something. that's not good. Not that's good not good. And when you do that, you can't get to the passer. Because you have to sell out to stop the run. Your guys stop getting aggressive. They don't hit pass rush moves anymore because they're trying to stop the run. Now, all things considered, the Giants had a chance to win this football game. The Giants' offensive line could not have played worse. Okay, I, I would I would take just about anybody in the state to play better offensive line 
than what they played. Cowboys are no scrubs up front. The box seven is good. They're not. But a lot of what they were doing, Joan, is offensive line 101. Evan Neal looked like a rookie. Like, like, and again, he is. He is. Like, I don't expect him. Years old. I don't expect him to come in and be Trent Williams. I, I don't. But he got exposed, and it was something that was one of my keys to the game before the game started. Was if Evan Neal looks like a rookie, this offensive line's in trouble because the interior with Feliciano and uh, Glowinski, and I forget who's at left guard, but they are not good pass blockers. We knew this coming into the season. We know this now. We knew this after week one, two, and now three. They're serviceable. They're not guys you want there for a long They're time. They're not guys you want there for a long time. And when you've got my, by the way, shout out to Dan Quinn, the Dallas defensive coordinator. And I know hopefully uh, our, our good buddy, Mr. Paul Koontz, is listening to this episode. Uh, they're, they're, Dan Quinn did such a great job of putting Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence on the same side to rush. And occupying the Giants' other side enough to where they can't just slide protection into them. It allows them to do twists. It allows them to do games. And they're getting one-on-one matchups. And those guys in one-on-one matchups scare the daylights out of me. They were great. Giants receivers were awful. Uh, Saquon Barkley looked good. This team, Jolan, I think just we're, we're seeing it. It, it. They have a ceiling that's not very high. They have limitations based on their roster and their cap. Which all comes from the Gettleman era. But the Gettleman handicap. The Gettleman handicap. So this team has obvious limitations. They were still in this game, Jolan. And uh, by far the best player on the New York football Giants remains Graham Gano. The guy is as consistent at doing his job as anybody on the team. And that includes the water boy. I know he's got the water at 32 degrees every other day, but every once in a while it slips up to 36 degrees, and the guys don't like that. Graham Gano is as consistent as you come in the NFL, and he's done such a great job for them. So, again, a lot to take away from this, Jolan, but this Dallas team, man, they get Dak back. Should be fun. What's your takeaway, Presta? Giants getting whooped by the backup Cooper Rush. Well, I almost wanted to break my TV in half that night watching them lose. I will say Micah Parsons is insane. Now, I'm seeing things on uh, Instagram, like comparing him to uh, Lawrence Taylor. Get out of the town with that. Stop that. That's Bump just that's you got to take it easy on that. He is very good. He is very talented. But Lawrence Taylor is just on a different level as of right now. However, Saquon Barkley, 81 yards and a touchdown. I'll take it. I think he gets what his linemen are going to give him most of the time. Yes, he can make break uh, cuts. Uh, move around a lot, but with the offensive line just not being very good, what's he gonna do? Uh, and then, the, but the, that's not my problem as much as like the run blocking, the pass blocking was just atrocious. Daniel Jones made plays with his legs, may had some good throws. I don't know, you know, I I'm, I like Daniel Jones, I don't like him. It's just, it's one of those things. It's a love hate relationship with him. But the offensive line is just god awful. Can we agree that Daniel Jones isn't the guy for next year? I, I would agree. I would agree. I just I don't like I just don't I don't see it. So I think you can make both statements, right? I don't think he's the guy for next year, but he wasn't the reason we lost this past week, right? I think both can be true. Fair enough. But the first question leads to a second question. Okay. If Daniel Jones is not the guy for this season and you're chalking it up to a losing year, do you trade Saquon Barkley before the deadline, November first? I mean, if you get a good offer for it, I mean you have to. I we, let's see. What's a good offer for a running back that's already halfway out the door, drafted by the old regime? Third round pick. So that I could okay. a third round pick for him. I think a lot of Giant fans would be okay with that. 
But do you hold him for nothing? Let him walk for free? No. Uh, no, but again, like, what's a fifth, sixth, or seventh round draft pick going to do for you? You know what I mean? That's why I would say, like, if you can get a third, uh, I, I would I would take that. Again, like, it's hard. I think Saquon Barkley has been one of the most improved giants this year. I think he's shown uh, the, the ability to take what his offensive line is giving him and take the five, six yards at times instead of jump cut at the line, jump cut number two, one yard down the field, jump cut number three, back at the line of scrimmage. Like, it's hard to watch because it's almost he, – he's dancing too much. He's going east and west. We've heard that our whole lives being in football. Uh, but it also leads him to get injured. Like, it, he is leaving his body susceptible to injury, especially on the MetLife turf, if we're going to be completely honest. But uh, we saw Sterling Shepard go down. Uh, he had a pretty tough game in and of itself. And, uh, and then, obviously, tears his ACL. That's his last game as a Giant. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't think that's a hot take. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. It may be his last game ever. I mean, the guy might retire. He's been through so much. And, my God, can we get Kenny Galladay out of town? I mean, I, I, I'm I'm at the point, Jolan, where... How much money has he made per yard? I, I, way too much. But I'm at the point where the Mets were earlier this year when they cut Robinson Cano and paid him $20 million dollars to not play for the team anymore. I'm at the point I'll pay Kenny Galladay to not play for this team anymore. He's not a Dable guy. He didn't come in with Dable. Same thing with Kadarius Tony. I mean, God, dude, could you not be hurt for once? And you're talking to somebody that was hurt the last six years of his career? I mean, this guy's hurt more than I was. It's ridiculous. He's paid 700K a week. Right, that's true, too. This guy's hurt all the time, and now the Giants, they're not going to go make a big splash at receiver, right, because it's all for the future, but they've got almost nothing left, right? Like, we're, Darius Slayton's going to get major playing time. Where's Alex Bachman, the guy we saw in the preseason that was awesome? That's Bring him back. That's a great Bring question. Bring him back. Let's have some fun. Let's do this thing. But uh, the Giants, like I said, I think they have pretty clear limitations on how far this team can go. Do you trade Saquon? Um, I don't trade Saquon. Whoa, no. let him walk for scrap? No, I, I don't. I don't. I give him throughout the rest of the year, and if he improves, then... I want to I want to resign him personally just because I love Saquon Barkley. Uh oh, Presta, he doesn't have rule number one on this L- pod. Listen, I Joel and I will say this: I have agreed to this off air off air of the podcast. <laughs> if the Giants, if Saquon does what I think we're seeing Saquon do, uh, and what we think he can do for this entire season, I'm okay giving him eight to ten mil uh, a year. I'm also I, okay working him to the point of nothing. And by week 18, 19, bon voyage, thank you for Good your thing we're not going to make the playoffs. We don't have week 18 or 19. but um, well, We have week 18 and 17. Right. Yeah. Um, regardless, though, Joel, my point is is that I think I'd be okay with paying him 8 to $10 million a year. Um, I would I would highly incentivize his contract, though. Uh, so his base may be a little bit lower, maybe his cap hit a little bit lower, uh, and really work on those incentives. Or maybe he comes back on more of a short ter- uh, short-term, two years, 20 mil, Heavy incentives, still gets that ten mil a year. Maybe some Obviously, ten mil guaranteed signing or something. Right, maybe he does those two years just to prove, hey, I can do this consistently. Boom, maybe he goes get and gets paid. Listen, they go get paid. This thing presses it. Joe on, you know, it makes it out to seem like, you know, I want to meet every running back in the back alley and beat his daylights out. <laughs> Take his wallet, tell him no money right. for you. <laughs> right, but I just like you can't pay him sixteen mil like Christian McCaffrey's getting paid. Like a you can't contract. pay him fifteen mil like. Cabo Zeke is getting paid. You can't pay him 15, 15 mil like Alvin Kamara is getting paid. You can't do it unless you're willing to sign at the top of the contract that says, we are not going to win a Super Bowl 
now proceed, we sign uh, Christian McCaffrey to $20 million a year. That's just that's that's where I stand on running backs in Saquon Barkley. We move forward with picks of this week. Week four, and let's have some fun with this. Every sure. pick we make, we're going to put it in a parlay. If we cash out, we're all going to win a bunch of money. Beautiful. Let's start. Thursday Night Football, Miami Dolphins take on the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are favored to win by three and a half. Presta, we'll start with you. Dolphins might not have Tua. Well, uh, the Bengals are uh, favored. It's actually kind of surprising. But, yes, you just said they might not have Tua, so that makes sense. Uh, I think the Bengals are going to win. Um, it's in Cincinnati, you said? It's yes. in Cincinnati, okay. yeah. So, being being at home, not even that. I just think the Bengals got up to a rough start with 0-2. I just don't I, – I can see them really bouncing back now. And, uh, you know, you still have Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. I mean, that's a that's a three-headed monster right there. Yep. Yes, Jamar so Chase is one of the best young guys in the league, that receiver. And then I still think Joe Burrow's a stud. Joe Shicey, Joe Cool, whatever you want to call him. He's the man in Cincinnati. And I think he's going to get it done uh, tomorrow night. Goose, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jamar Chase versus uh, Xavier Howard is going to be quite the matchup. Uh, much like we saw... T. Jamar- Higgins fans, get your popcorn. <laughs> Much like we saw Jamar Chase against Ahmad Sauce Gardner last week uh, against the Jets, this will be the debut of their icy white jerseys and helmets. This line should be 300. Uh, They're going to win by it, a million. It looks pretty wild. The end zones are, I believe, all whited out with uh, with black lettering in the end zone. So it does look really cool. I'll take the Bengals on a short week. Again, not knowing if two is going to play. Who is Miami's backup? Like Teddy uh, Bridgewater. Oh, Bridge, Teddy, the Bridgewater Teddy line. If you're good enough to play in the NFL, it's the Bridgewater right, line. Right, Teddy two gloves until he takes a shot, and then he's going to be out for the rest of his lifetime. Um, but I think uh, I think we're at the point where I'll take Cincinnati on a short week at home. We move forward to the Minnesota Vikings taking on the New Orleans Saints. They're in New Orleans. Vikings are favored to win by two and a half. Goose, we'll start with you this time. Yeah, I mean, this is where Kirk Cousins won his one and only primetime playoff game, right? I think it's the only primetime win of his career, uh, and it was a 1 o'clock game, so it uh, doesn't really bode well for Minnesota. But again, you have Jameis Winston at quarterback with a fractured spine, or back, whatever you want to call it. Multiple fractures in his back. Right, so not a good thing. Who is their backup, by the way? They even have one. Is it yeah. Taysom Hill? It's Taysom Hill. He's getting paid $70 million. Oh, God. Give me Minnesota. I, just for that reason. Just for the fact that they have nobody behind Jameis Winston scares the daylights out of me. And this Saints team just isn't the same Saints team. I don't know. There's just something off about it. They still got talent on that roster. It's just not clicking. It's just not there. I like, uh, I'll take Minnesota on the road. I think it's a little bit of a surprise win for them. Minnesota favored to win by two and a half. Who are you taking here? I'm taking definitely Minnesota. I got it's more a little more personal for me too because I have uh, Justin Jefferson on my fantasy team, and he needs to bounce back in a big way for me now. It's interesting because so, Justin Jefferson last week got clamped up by uh, Jeff Okuda. Yeah, so, so I got the Vikings. I think they're the better team. I think they are um, they just play better together. No, for all you listeners at home, that game is at 9.30 Sunday morning. They're playing out in London. Oh, they're in yeah, London, yeah, they're, too. They're already, oh, they've been in London boy. since Monday. So That's right. The Giants are acclimating. next week. Saints might not have Mike Thomas or Landry, so Ouch. Olave owners, get ready. Big weekend. I store. do have Olave in one of my leagues. He will be the starting this flex this week. Yes, sir. We move forward to the Sunday 1 o'clock window. Tennessee Titans are at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh-oh, boys. Vegas likes the Colts. Minus three. They're favored to win by. One win over the Chiefs, and all of a sudden, 
Favorites are coming your way. Well, I think it's the way Tennessee's been playing, too. I, I don't think we're seeing a very good Tennessee team now. Derrick Henry was good last week uh, against the Raiders, but seemingly everybody's been good against the Raiders. And it Maltner, didn't lead to a win. Maltner, that's not a dirty shot, but I'm just saying they're 0-3, and teams have been able to uh, kind of get them. And every I, other team's been able to win. Right. I don't know if Shaq Leonard will be back. I don't What? I don't even know what his injury actually is. Um, but, I, Jill, and I just think... I'm just not impressed what I've seen from Tennessee. I don't like Ryan Tannehill. I really don't. I think Especially on the back end of his career. Yeah, I, I'm just not sold on him. So I'll take Indianapolis at home again. I think they just play well at home in Lucas Oil Stadium. Beautiful stadium, by the way. I want to get out there and watch a game someday. So, uh, But uh, I'll take Indianapolis in this one. What do you think, Press? The Titans at Colts. Yeah, Colts I mean, favored by three. Minus Ryan Tannehill's first name. He just There's nothing really good about him. Oh, there you <laughs> go. There you <laughs> go. You know, he played with the Dolphins. He didn't look good. And then he goes to Tennessee... He looks better, but I think it was all Derrick Henry that helped him. It looked better. Game but I manager. Got, I got the uh, the Colts winning this game. If they could just shut down Henry, I think it should be uh, not a cakewalk, but they should put a little bit of a beating on the Titans. We move over to our boys. The New York Giants are home against the Chicago Bears. Giants are favored by three and a half, boys. Vegas likes us. Presto, we'll start with you. Giants or Bears? Uh, Giants. This is a very winnable game. And I'm not just saying because I am a Giants fan. Uh, Justin Fields is, I think he's talented and everything. He's just, he's like kind of the same boat as Jones, where they just don't really have much time to throw or anyone to really throw to. I think the Bears are very dysfunctional. They are 2-1, and one, surprisingly. I think they kind of, they beat the 49ers week one in that uh, bad weather, and then they just beat the Texans on a, like a buzzer beater field goal. So I think the uh, Giants are definitely going to beat the Bears though this week. You like the spread too, three and a half? Think the Giants cover that? Yes. Goose, we'll go with you. Yeah, it's big week. First of all, Giants have to win this game. Um, because the Giants wore their white retro jerseys on Monday night against the Cowboys. I believe the stat is they're 0 for their last six while wearing those jerseys, which is the which is a disgrace because Throw them out. because they're awesome. They're all it's like the Mets in their black jerseys, dude. Nothing goes right when they wear Retire those jerseys. Them, wear them as retros, good sales, good margins. But we don't need it. We don't need now, it. Now, it's perfect that Jolan brought that up. Because this game is the first game the Giants will wear their blue retro jerseys. They will retro out the entire stadium, from what I understand. Copycat Bills uniforms. I'm not happy. Dude, they wore them in the 80s. What's wrong with you? They're copycat Bills uniforms. They're not copycat Bills uniforms. You, you know no what? No Giants Do logo a, on that on. thing. Do me a favor. You go tell Lawrence Taylor and Phil Sims and Harry Carson that their jerseys are just fake Bills, Bills jerseys. Be my guess. Right now. We're not gonna go ahead. Score. Go ahead. <laughs> no. It's just, they're, they're going to be awesome. They're going to look the point, good. They debut their jerseys. Yep. And uh, they'll deck out the stadium. they got to win this game. Uh, they, this is a very winnable game. Bressa mentioned Justin Fields. Is, uh, Darnell Mooney's his best receiver. That's a problem. That's a problem for anybody. Uh, and then, Again, it's nothing against Darnell. He's just not a number one wide receiver. Cole Komet is atrocious. David Montgomery is not, he's just not it. So they've got a lot of problems there on the offensive side of the ball. Giants have to take advantage of it. They're not going to get a lot of winnable games, as it seems like some of the bad teams that we thought they'd play are pretty scrappy and pretty good. Jacksonville later in the season, the Lions later in the season, uh, the Colts had, on uh, on New Year's Day. So they got to win a game like this, Joel, and I think they do. We move forward to the Bills at Baltimore. They're taking on the Ravens. Bills are favored by only minus three. Closer game, biggest things than most do. What do you think here, Press? The Bills or Ravens? Bills favored by three. I will go with the Bills. 
Uh, I, I said before we started the podcast, I'm a big Josh Allen fan. So I'm going to go with the Bills. It's going to be a tough game. I think Lamar versus Josh is going to be really exciting and fun to watch. Uh, Josh Allen can move too. I mean, he's big, but he can move not like Lamar Jackson, but he can move. He can make plays on his feet. He's got a rocket of an arm. I like Stephon Diggs. I think he's not the best in the league, but right now he's playing like it at his position. And then uh, the Ravens defense, I don't know if I trust them right now against that Bills attack. Yeah, I mean, Joel, on this game is setting up to be 50-49. to 49. Like, they, like, not, like we're talking about Lamar Jackson, who's seen the field better than Lamar Jackson has ever seen the field before. And he's seen it better um, than most people have ever seen in their entire lives. Right, and, and you talk about a Bills secondary that is extremely banged up. They didn't get better, you know, over a week. Uh, we talked about the Micah Hyde injury. He's out for the season. So that's a huge loss for them. But again, like that Baltimore defense just gave up almost 30 points to the Patriots, who have Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as their offensive staff. I mean, that's that's not good. Um, so I, I will say this, Joel. I actually, it's hard. This is this is a very tough game to call. This is if you're if you're the Bills, this is a game that you gotta win. Like this is a hey, we're here. We're the best team in the AFC. Like this is. To me, it's an early statement game that they could easily make. I like Baltimore at home. I like Baltimore at home on a late-game field goal. I say that because Tucker's my fantasy kicker. But I think the dude is just a weapon. And I think when you start to see, like, crappy defense, crappy defense, good quarterback, good quarterback, it could come down to special teams. And I think Justin Tucker is the difference in this game. We don't got to get too much into these games, but the Chargers take on the Texans here, minus 5.5. What do we think? Is this Chargers toss-up? Uh, this is in Houston, is it? It is. Uh, it's trap game. This is tra- I'm taking the Texans in this one. Texans 5.5. I am taking the Texans. What makes you say that? I, Herbert, again, just doesn't look healthy. He's now lost. We talked about Sean Slater, the loss of him. Uh, I just, I'm not buying this Charger team right now. It's a game they need to win. It's a game they should win. It smells like a trap game. And by God, do not let Davis Mills get hot. I mean, this dude... If you let him start rolling and slinging that rock around, you're in trouble. And just the game being in Houston, it just feels like one of those wacky games, Jolan. At minimum, Davis Mills is a 12-year backup in this league. Yeah. Maximum, he's a 10-year starter. There like, you go. He, he can play ball. He can definitely play ball. What do you think? Trap yeah. game? Uh, No, I still think the Chargers are going to win this game. I think they just have the better team. But uh, when he mentioned Davis Mills, watch out for him. I, I smiled ear to ear because I was talking about him being underrated last year. And I was just... Not getting any uh, love agree- back. Yeah, love back. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely could be a trap game because, as uh, Ryan said, Rashawn Slater's gone. Herbert's not fully healthy. But I just think there's so many playmakers on the Chargers versus the Texans who we don't really hear many playmakers on that team outside of, like, maybe Brandon Cooks and, like, damn, I can't even name another guy, really. <laughs> we'll move forward to the Seattle Seahawks taking on Detroit Lions. Detroit's favored minus four and a half. This is now the second week in a row they're favored. Vegas is all in. Are we all in? This is my lock of the week. Uh, Jolan will not be making a lock of the week because he oh. was 0 for 2 last week. I lost a mortgage, a kidney, two spleens. <laughs> <laughs> and his left arm. I am taking the Lions, and I love, 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 love what Detroit is doing. Now. At a certain point, Detroit has to win these close games that they continue to lose to superior teams. But they're close, man. And I love this football team. John, we've talked about it the last couple weeks with Dan Campbell. And I'm telling you, if you haven't watched the Hard Knocks, you should. 
Go back and watch it. It's five weeks. It's in, I think each episode is 45 minutes to an hour. Go back, watch it, binge it, whatever you want to do. Uh, whatever the hip kids are doing nowadays. Um, but uh, it just this team is fun, man. They're they're coached by a lot of ex NFL players. It's it's just a team that competes, and they're a really hard out. And I think at home this weekend, uh, we'll see if the De- DeAndre Swift plays. I know he's he's a little banged up. He's got a shoulder down. problem. I think he's, but Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams has been awesome, except for his little pump celebration that got him a flag last week. Um, thanks, Keenan Peel. But uh, nonetheless. <laughs> I like this football team, man. Give me the Lions and Amon Ross St. Brown. Let's keep moving things forward. Still got a couple games left. The New York Jets are at the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Zach Wilson's back. And now they're still favored, or Pittsburgh's favored rather, to win by three now, even with the return of Zach Wilson. What do you think here? Jets or Pittsburgh? This could be a trap game as well. Uh, Like before, I will. I I think I got the Jets winning this game, honestly. Oof. I mean, uh. No, it's, say it with confidence. It's it's very close. All right, since I hate the Jets, I because I despise the New York Jets, I will pick the Steelers. But I think this could come down, and Zach Wilson's return, all the moms will be happy out there when he gets the win. Possibly, <laughs> I don't know though. It's uh, it's in Matt Matt Life or it's uh, it's, no, in, it's in Pittsburgh. Shores. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with the Steelers definitely. I know it's so weird not saying Hines. Yeah, I love Incredibly Hines. Incredibly weird. But, and I mean, guys, let's look at this, right? Like the Jet optimism was all based off a comeback that it hadn't happened in like the last 2,900 instances that it had occurred, right? So they're a miracle win away from being 0 three. They don't look good. Joe Flacco's on pace to set the record for most pass attempts ever in the history of humankind. And I don't know. And Quinn Williams fighting with his D-line coach on the sideline. Again, I told you, I don't put too much weight in that. I think guys just get, you know, guys get agitated. Guys, you know, They're all grown men. It's not high school ball. It happens. So, but I, I don't like Zach Wilson coming back this week. I really don't. I think this is a bad defense for him to come back against. And a team that, you know, again, got... Frankly, outplayed against uh, against Cleveland, and so what are you going to do, right? You're not, in theory, you're not going to put Zach Wilson in a, in a spot where he throws sixty times. So you're going to rely on the run game. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers just happen to have Mika Fitzpatrick, who doesn't mind getting dirty, and Cam Hayward uh, there that likes to get dirty too. And not to mind you, this and Jets, Miles Jack too, right? Is Miles Jack yes, on this team? On the yeah, team. this Jets offensive line is atrocious. And not good. Noah Fant now. Uh, George, George Fant. Fant just Fant. Like, I keep calling him Noah Fant. You George did that Fant the other Fant's day. Now in the IR. <laughs> yep, it's been two weeks in a row. I've called uh, George Noah. But besides the point, they're it's mix and matching. It's a bad matchup for them. I will, it looks, I will say in that. hindsight a lot worse when you don't spend either of those top ten picks on an offensive lineman when. There was plenty. Garrett Wilson looks good, though. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. he, he was banged up against Cincinnati, but he came back. He looks good. He Is looks wide really receiver good. a need for this team, though? You they need playmakers. Uh, Somebody's got to make a play, right? Fair when deal. they stop that run game, what do you do? You should be able to turn the RPO uh, RPO game and turn to Garrett Wilson. And minus Garrett Wilson, you don't have a win at all this year. But That's correct. We move forward to the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, a week ago, this probably would have been a toss-up to the Eagles, no question. But Jacksonville's coming off a really impressive win. What do we do here? Oof. Six and a half. The Eagles are favored by. Goose, we'll start with you. Oh, boy. This is tough. Uh, listen, I, I don't think Jacksonville's ready for this kind of mountain to climb yet. Uh, I think they maybe make it more a little bit more interesting than 21 points or whatever. Uh, um, but I know it's not a college spread. If this was a college game, the spread would probably be like 35. Um, but obviously, being the NFL, it's a lot closer. I'll still take the Eagles and the points. I, I, I still think this team is just 
Right now, they're a well-oiled machine, and until you show me that they're not, uh, I, what else can I do? You know, like, what else can I do other than pick them to win football games when they're just steamrolling people? Plus, I need A.J. Brown to do well. Now, if he could go, like, 11 catches for 185 yards and two touchdowns and they still lose, that'd be awesome. It'd be fantastic. But, but for betting wise, you're taking the Eagles? I just don't see it. Yeah, I'll take the Eagles. Preston, yeah, what do you think? I'm going to agree. I'm going to take the Eagles as well. I think the Jaguars are going to put up a fight, though, with them. Yep. I don't think it's going to be a steamroll. Uh, I like Trevor Lawrence. I like some of the guys they got there. Doug Peterson. Hey, I don't. Coach Ball. Yeah, he's a Super Bowl winning head coach. I mean, with Nick Foles at quarterback. So I, I do still have the Eagles winning, but I think it's going to be a closer game than maybe some people expect. Well, it's his first time back in Philly, right? Yes, Since he got fired. So we move forward to the Cleveland Browns taking on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. The Browns are only favored to win by one and a half points. A crappy Atlanta team. What do we think here? Yeah, I mean, Atlanta just plays with nothing to lose, right? I mean, that's all they can do. I they mean, score they, points, man. Yeah, they, you know what? They've got good weapons, right, when you think about it. And Kyle Pitts, Cordell Patterson has turned into an awesome running back. Drake London's coming uh, through Drake London's been great. And Mariota's been meh, which is exactly what you signed him to be, is meh, until you find a good one. And... Uh, it doesn't seem to be Desmond Ryder either, or Ritter or whatever. Ritter, yeah. I mean, listen, again, he's a rookie. He was taken in the later rounds, uh, you know, so I'm not I'm not too concerned about that. We'll see. He's also like 28 years old already. Um, but He looks a lot older than he is. Yeah, dude. Well, he's got a kid already and everything. I mean, that kid's going to be going to pre-K soon. He's got grown man money, too. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually, I, I actually like Atlanta in this game. Uh, I'm going to take Atlanta. And I've told you, I... With all the, the jokes and the nasty comments around the whole Watson thing, I told you I wish Cleveland wouldn't, wouldn't win another game the rest of their existence. So this is um, your bet on that. But I, not, it, no, it's not only that. I just think it's a bad, it's just not a good matchup. Cle- they got to go on the road, and we'll see. Can Njoku, you know, Njoku was great in that Thursday night game against the Steelers. The Can he problem. do it again? He hasn't really been consistent his entire career. Uh, so. You know, the last time he was consistent, he was wearing a Cedar Grove Panther jersey and uh, and playing no the state title. No ring for you. Uh, but, you know, it's I, I, I like Atlanta here. Stealing upset win. Why not? Why That's not? A- Young Hoku. You know what? Young Hoku makes the game-winning kick. <laughs> Young Hoku went to Ridgewood High School in New Jersey. Look jersey at that. Jersey guys taking it Take home. Take the jersey guy. Presta, what do you think? Cleveland Browns or Atlanta Falcons? Browns I, are favorite one and a half. I'm going to have to um... – go with the Browns. I just think the rushing attack with Chubb and Hunt, I think that's going to be get the job done. I think Brissett is going to be, he's going to be Jacoby Brissett. He's going to, he can make something. All he has to do is just make some th- good throws. Don't turn the ball over. And I think you could beat the Falcons. We're at our first crossroads. Who do we take in this parlay? I think we go money line Browns. Yeah, but the, mo- the money to win is going to be Atlanta. We go one and a half Atlanta. Okay, we take, okay, we keep going with that. Moving forward, <laughs> Washington Commanders are at the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, God. Washington's coming off a pitiful loss. Dallas coming off a decently impressive win with the backup quarterback. Who are we taking here? Dallas and the points. Well, I don't even care where the points are. Just take Dallas and the points. Points are minus three. Preston, what do you think? I'm going to have to agree. Take Dallas and the points. Carson Wentz stinks. Yeah, not yeah. much to talk about there. Obviously, Curtis Samuel's doing his I'm thing. I'm rooting for the Commanders, but I'm yeah. not going to Lawrence still going to get his catches, but besides the point, Commanders look atrocious. Four o'clock window we move to. Arizona Cardinals are at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are actually favored minus one and a half. This comes back to the circle question I had before when going over the games. Do we believe in this Cardinals team? What's going on here? Well, I think the number one question going into this week that I would have to base my prediction off of uh, is, is Modern Warfare offering double, double XP 
uh, this week? If the answer is yes, I'm taking Carolina. Modern Warfare drops in four weeks. I've counted every day since because one, I'll be playing. Two, I know Kyler Murray's going right to the hole in fantasy. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, Listen, I... It's hard, right? The West Coast, the East Coast is always a tricky thing playing. Although they'll be playing Sunday at 4. Really? They, they're playing at 4 in that game? 4.06 if I'm being huh. specific. That's interesting. I'll take I'll take the Cardinals on the road. I like Carolina's defense, but I think Kyler Murray does just enough uh, as his team just continues to try and hold serve, right? I mean, hold serve until DeAndre Hopkins gets back and until Hard Knocks gets in the studio. Because uh, once Hard Knocks gets in, they can start falling apart like they do every second half of every season. Uh, but, you know, they're just trying to hold down the fort until DeAndre gets back. Uh, I think they go out and I think they get a road win this week. Uh, the, I, I like them. What do you think here? Uh, the, Cardinals, Panthers. Panthers are favored one and a half. Battle of the Oklahoma quarterbacks, Mayfield versus uh, Kyler Murray. Yes, sir. I'm going to actually go with the Panthers at home. Um, I like their defense. I think a guy that is on the Panthers' defense that no one really talks about is Brian Burns. I think he's a Great very player. good uh, defensive end. I'm I, I don't like the Cardinals team really. I think that Kyler Murray is special, but I don't think he's um, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach, is uh, any anything good. Not so, a Cliff fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's ready for the NFL. I go Panthers. We move forward to people I'm not a fan of: Nintendo Hackett and the Denver Broncos take on the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas. The spread is two and a half. Goose. Who are we taking here? Las Vegas' favorite to win. Come on, Malt. I, I'm riding the train just one more time. I'll take the Raiders at home. I think Derek Carr gets the ball to Devontae Adams just a hair bit more. I think he's got anywhere between 7 and 12 receptions uh, in this game. And I like the Raiders to get off the schneid. They got it at some point, right? And they're running into an offense that may just help them be able to do that, right? They're not running into a juggernaut offense. Uh, they just better hope Russell Wilson will find it this week. I mean, like if they start to find it now, they could be in trouble. I'll take uh, I'll take Vegas to get their first win of the season. Presta, what about you? I'm also taking Vegas. I think uh, I think honestly they're like one of the best 0-3 teams in history because they're they keep the games close. They do score points. I think this is the week they get their first win. Fair enough. We move on to the New England Patriots minus Mac Jones taking on the Green Bay Packers. Packers are favored to win by nine and a half. Vegas doesn't give the Patriots a shot. What I, do you think st- I still don't know if it's big enough. I know the Bill Belichick effect. I respect Belichick. Belichick's actually a Wesleyan alum where I went to school. What's up, uh, Wes? What up, Wes? So, so much respect for Bill Belichick and uh, what that team does. They're just too depleted. I just, like, without Mac Jones, I, I think they have a hard time with Mac Jones in there. It's even worse when he's not there. We'll see. But I like the Green Bay defense at home. I think the Green Bay defense is actually a lot is is one of the more underrated units, uh, at least that we've seen so far this year, because uh, they haven't put up sexy numbers yet. But I think them at home this week, uh, Rodgers will do enough with some of those young targets. And you know what, with a with a New England secondary, maybe maybe it's a good week to start getting some of those younger guys uh, some more reception and some more confidence. Maybe this is where Christian Watson. Kicks off his Rookie of the Year campaign, I'm sure hoping. Uh, but I'll, t- I'll take the Packers and the points. Presto, what do you think? Green Bay is favored by 9.5. I think he said it perfectly. I'll take Packers at home. Wonderful. We move on to the Sunday night game, primetime action. Kansas City Chiefs take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The Chiefs are favored to win by 1.5. Presto, we'll start with you. Chiefs or Bucks? So this is a, this is a weird game for me. I was, I was watching uh, the preview today. The Bucks defense is really good. Mahomes is really good. 
is it going to be a repeat of the Super Bowl uh, a few years back where the defense just gets at Mahomes? And then he has no Tyree Kill now. But I am going to still pick the Chiefs to squeak this one out. I think uh, the Buccaneers have Mike Evans coming back, but Godwin's still out, if I'm correct. That's correct. So yeah. Brady looks old, but I don't know if he's, he's, the, he's the go and everything. He just looks a little different this year. His face does. I think the wife leaving the house. I think there's something up with him. Tom Brady's the king of plastic surgery. Yeah. It is what it is. Chris, we'll go with you. Uh, this is where I, I just I'll take it to the serious part of the podcast. Um, this game might be played in Minnesota. We're not sure. Uh, the hur- the the effects of Hurricane Ian uh, to the Tampa Bay area uh, and the Florida area as a whole. We don't know exactly what it's going to bring, but. Uh, early reports of the storm was that it was two miles per hour off a Category 5 storm, uh, which the likes of New Orleans has seen before. But outside of that, it's been a long, long time, uh, especially that area. So, we first of all, we hope everybody's safe uh, down there. And I've got a lot of family in the Florida area. Uh, it doesn't look like any of them are in the eye of the storm, which is good. But my uncle sent me a picture of a tornado down there. It's... It's not good. It is not good, but we we hope everybody's safe down there. Um, I'll take, yeah, this is hard, and I think I'll just do this to just be different uh, on this pick. I'll I'll go. I'll take the Bucks. I'll take Tom Brady and uh, finding a way to squeak it out. Mike Evans is my guy. Finally having him back. Thank goodness. Uh, after that one game suspension last week, I think he probably would have helped a lot uh, down there against the against the Packers, but. Uh, I think he's big this week coming up. But I like this Kansas City defense. I think it's underrated uh, compared to what people thought they would be coming into the season. So I, I I like the Kansas City defense, but in the end I'll take Tom Brady by, you know, whatever, field goal. In the last game of week four, we go to Monday Night Football. The Los Angeles Rams take on the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. Well, it's all California, basically, so no team has really lost a home field advantage. One and a half to spread. The 49ers are favorited. Who do you take? Yeah, but one team actually has a home field advantage, and that's San Francisco. And the Rams just let everybody else pack into their stadium. That's a different subject for a different podcast. Um, but nonetheless, Jolan, I will – this is hard. Uh, Jimmy G, he's faced the Rams. They, they played three times last year. I mean, like, th- this guy knows the Rams. The Rams know him. So it's it's tough. But I'll, I'll take the Rams in this one. I'll take the defending Super Bowl champions – uh, they've got off to a little sluggish start here, uh, and by sluggish I mean they just got blown out on you know first game of the year, so they didn't look very good. But I think they're going to find their way, Joel. On it, I do. I, it's just a veteran-laden group, and I think we all know we've seen it before. Getting veterans to start the season on fire is hard to do because they know at the end of the day it's all about what you do in uh, post Thanksgiving all the way through the postseason. So. Uh, the Rams, I think, find a way to squeak out this win. Although, I'm sure Kyle Shanahan's got some wacky scheme, some wacky pat, a run scheme to come up with uh, and, and and try to defeat these Rams. But I'll take the Rams. What do you think? Well, I think Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's record versus the Rams is like, some, uh, I think he has like one loss against them. I believe so. I yeah, believe yeah last that's year. right. He's like 7-1 and one or yeah. something like that. It's so, ridiculous. I'm actually um, I'm going to go with the Niners in this game. I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a much better week than last week. I think it's going to be a, a battle, though. I think uh, Aaron Donald might be swinging more helmets this week. <laughs> but I, I'm going to go with the Niners. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to outsmart McVay. And they're both very smart coaches. But I think the 49ers are going to win at home. 
it's like a good old chess match, right? And I think it's fun to watch. And, you know, you mentioned Aaron Donald, right? We talked about Micah Parsons being compared to LT. I thought LT had a great quote. He was walking out of the game the other night, and he's like, dude, do it for 13 years, and then we could talk. Um, we've even shut down the Aaron Donald talks, right? Like, people use, people would say, is Aaron Donald better than LT? We know the answer is no. But, like, like they, he's got even, right, like, eons above a resume that Michael Parsons has oh, yeah. right yeah. now. So, you know, as Meek Mill would say, there's levels to this ish young boy. <laughs> and obviously I'm paraphrasing and keeping it, you know, non-explicit, but uh, you know, there's levels to go for Parsons to get there. Aaron Donald's one of the best in the game. Uh, and we'll see San Francisco without their left tackle. So I think that's going to be interesting. The best grabs of football though. What else we got in the sports world? Pretty long show already. No? Yeah. Yeah. You know, good length. Uh, but again, Joel and I like it because it gives people the opportunity to kind of go in and they find out whatever matchup they want, right? If they're only looking for West Coast teams, they dive in and, you know, they get whatever they're looking for. Uh, but Joel on Baseball World, Mets headed into their series with the Braves. Now, Hurricane Ian is affecting that one as well. Indeed. Uh, they're expected to play in Atlanta. The Major League Baseball has announced that there will be no movement as of right now. That game, though, that series is scheduled to go on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's, the schedule is it. so crunched now. There's no real room to delay any game, so we'll see. And whose fault is that? Rob Manfred. It's always his fault. Bum. Um, but the Mets got to finish strong here, Joel. On they could, uh, they could waste away the division, but we'll see. It's been a really great year for the Mets. I think you know people can't lose light of that. And there's no team, in my opinion, in baseball that's built for a three-game series like the Mets are, uh, especially from a pitching standpoint. Uh, with Degrom, Scherzer, and Bassett ready to go in that wild card series if they need to. Uh, if not, obviously we'll take the NLDS at home. But Joel, on the big story in baseball is obviously none other than Aaron Judge. And the chase for 61. Uh, and, and obviously trying to get 62 to break. Roger Maris' AL record. Guys, it's it, it, we're at the point, and I see a lot of people talk about it on Twitter. And you get it. I get it. The five guys above Roger Maris all took steroids. We get it. I'm pretty sure it's only three actual dudes. Sammy Sosa, yeah, Mark McGuire, and yeah, Barry Bonds. Yeah, Sosa, McGuire, and Bonds. We, we, know they, we know they took steroids, but... I mean, at the end of the day, Major League Baseball hasn't, like, denounced the record. Like, Major League Baseball hasn't said, like, these will not count. When there's a final print uh, on the uh, – when the final print is in the record book, the record is 73. So, but Aaron Judge is having one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. Uh, I think from top to bottom, best guy betting on himself we've seen in years. Got to be years. Um, and, and he's done just such a great job. And, and, and Preston, I, I, I'm starting to see – Teams walk Aaron Judge. Now, Jolan knows I've been asking for this since June. I even asked for this in the Subway Series. I said the Mets need to walk him. Scherzer doesn't have enough pride to walk him. Tawan Walker should because he's he's given up four home runs to Aaron Judge. Every time he's faced Aaron Judge, he's given up a home run. So that's not good. But I, teams are finally starting to pitch away from Judge. I mean, it's it, it's unfortunate, but it kind of is what it is, right? Like, I mean, it's something you got to do. Like, you can't, like do you want to be the pitcher? That's known for giving up 61 or 62. I don't want to be. Could have your name in history. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But, like, not the good side of history. Someone's got to go up there, long relief, someone terrible, just give him a meatball down the plate. Just, <laughs> you're probably going to get relegated anyway. Bartolo like, Colon. Yeah, just do it. Just there you go. It. Presser, what do you think of the Yankees? and, and what they, They've kind of collected themselves here, obviously, after that rough stretch that they had uh, uh, from the All-Star break much through August. Kind of collected themselves, and they're you know maybe they're starting to get healthy at the right time here. Uh, Matt Carpenter should be back hopefully for October. Uh, ben Intendi will be back it seems like, and 
And they're going to be ready to go. You a Yankee fan? I'm actually, I, I like the sport of baseball. I don't really watch much of it, but if I had to choose, I'm a Mets guy. Good there man. Go. Yeah, I knew we brought him on here for here, a reason. So, that's yeah. all you need to say here. But uh, Judge, obviously, in that chase. Uh, Joe, not much going on in college football. It's pretty much all the same. Uh, let's see. I mean, Brett Favre. Do five-star rankings are out for high school players. Arch Manning gets one. Arch Manning. Shocker. Color me shocked. I don't um, like his competition. I've seen some film on him. I don't know. Dude, I mean, it's all it's high school kids. Like, they all failed. Don't get me they wrong. all probably yeah. failed the calculus test the day they played them. But like, if your last name is Manning, I want to see you with IMG Academy or something. Five yeah, stars, but, he, you know, that's not where he's from. You know, like, that's... It's uh, I'm cool with what he's doing, but uh, the the amount of money Brett Favre is stealing just continues to go up. Uh, it sat at five million, and then it's now raised to eight million dollars. Uh, and for those of you that don't know the backstory, Aaron Ro- Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, uh, famous football player, now famous Wranglers commercial guy, and other radio advertisements and threw stuff. Threw a lot of picks. Right, threw a lot of picks. Actually, holds the record, I believe, for most interceptions in her career. And he he got five million dollars from the welfare funds. Welfare funds is we're talking about money that goes to like food stamps for for poor people. Like they Disgusting. like this is what we're talking about. And he got the ex governor of Mississippi to take five million dollars out of that pot and give it to him to use for his daughter's uh, volley new volleyball court and facility uh, at Southern Miss, which is where he went to school. He did another 1.5 for a football facility. I mean, it just keeps getting worse. And, Joel, and I know there's talk, there has been talk about if this could cost him the Hall of Fame. I'm going to put this out there right now. The Hall of Fame has never been and never will be about who who the individual is. Right? They held Terrell Owens out for years because they claimed he was a bad guy. But at the end of the day, the guys in there, like, again, no matter what you think, O.J. Simpson's in the Hall of Fame. Ray Lewis is in the Hall of Fame. And they did some things that are that are very, very questionable. Lawrence Taylor has done some things. The only thing O.J.'s gotten proven guilty of is stealing his own memorabilia. And <laughs> and, and, and beating the guy senseless. Oh, right? he? That he, That's part he, of that. Dude, he beat the guy. He sold the memorabilia to the guy, wanted it back. The guy told him no, and he beat the daylights out of him. Why don't you just <laughs> sign more merch? You're the hand. I don't get it. Never That's, mind. But that's it's a whole but, new pie. But that's what I'm saying. Like Lawrence Taylor's had his issues ever since he retired. He's still in the Hall of Fame. So I don't think Brett Favre in the Hall of Fame's going in anything. But again, it doesn't stop me or anybody else from looking at him differently. Like, dude, Mississippi's one of the poorest, if not the poorest state in the co- in the, the country. It is the poorest in the country. Yep. Um, and the text messages have been leaked of like. Hey, I hope the media. Literally, the guys texted like, "Hey, I hope the media doesn't find out about this." That's something you don't put in fine print. It's no, you talk to man to man behind closed doors. No, and it's poor. And I mean, I, you don't do it obviously, yeah, but yeah. if you had to, you don't text. And it. I think he got screwed because uh, because the ex governor, I think he cut a plea deal with them to testify against Favre. Now he's now he's really in trouble. Uh, so we'll see where that all goes. But again, uh, obviously, in my opinion, at least the legacy of Brett Favre uh, is not. It's not necessarily he's he's tainting a legacy off the field that was already sketchy. It's etched in stone with asterisks. Well, it was already sketchy, right? Because he had the scenario where he sent inappropriate pictures to his trainer uh, years back. That was a thing, uh, and then obviously everything with the retiring six different times. Uh, but that was that. So uh, that's gonna do it for episode sixty-seven. Uh, yes, Joanne, it was a long one today. Uh, but it was a good one. It's got a lot of content for everybody. 
everybody involved. And uh, Presto, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, and I want to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Okay, so uh, first of all, thank you for having me, guys. And then uh, you can find me on social media at Ryan Presta on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, that's my only social media avenue. I don't have Twitter yet. I might, but not yet. No Facebook. No, no Facebook. Facebook. No, no Facebook. <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Goose on the Mic. Uh, pretty easy for you there. Uh, it was it was our pleasure to have you on. It was it's uh, it's always Very fun. Cool. Uh, I think Presta some of the times like it, it's really good for us to connect with uh, people. You know we haven't gotten a chance to sit down for an hour and a half ever. You know exactly. maybe it, 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 if we have it's certainly been a while. So uh, that's a beautiful thing that we've done with this podcast, Jolan. And I, and I will say that a credit to you. Uh, Jolan is our scheduling department, so. Half and half, we schedule both. He does a pretty good job of it. So, Jolan, where might the people be able to find you and or the podcast on social media? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at good old Joel's. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at podcast air it out. And you can follow our Instagram at air it out dot podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can feel free to reach us out on those. And, uh, Jolan, we're going to get more active on those as yes. well. I know we've kind of gone a little bit dormant on the social media, uh, but I know we're also getting kind of out of season here. Uh, as football season, the high school season will wind down for me eventually. Surveying season will lie, uh, will die down eventually for you as well. Uh, and we could get much more heavy on our social media. Uh, and, uh, guys, we love having you. And if you've got comments, questions, concerns, reach out. If you want to be a guest on the show, uh, reach out. And, you know, we, I'll put the mic in front of anybody. Like, let's have some fun. you got sports uh, opinions, you let us know. Yeah, let's do it. Let's have some fun, men, women. Whomever, I don't care. You got a sports opinion, we'll find some time for you. So, uh, Joel, on that'll do it for episode 67 until week, whether that'll be week five in the NFL. NBA's uh, ramping up soon. Go M- Celtics. NBA will be back. Hockey's coming back as well. So, Joel, on until episode 68 and until next week. Put in the books.